0: Michelle.
1: So, David. Sex. Uh you're making me feel awkward.
0: Okay, I know. I know. I'm in my blanket for I'm making you feel awkward because I'm talking about sex. But today, I really want to focus on something because it's something that's making a comeback. Sex is making a comeback, pardon the pardon. Okay. In the intelligence world, honey traps have suddenly started to blossom again.
1: Is that because it's sticky?
0: You had to go there, didn't you? Yeah. Really? I did. You really had to go there. <laughs> no, no, no. There are intelligence services that are now sending out warnings, not just to their own staff and the military, they're also sending it out to financial institutions and right. big corporations around the world, warning them that sex is suddenly going to become a part of their business model. Because the intelligence services around the world are starting to use honey traps again.
1: Honey traps. Ooh, what a trap.
0: <laughs> Let's talk dirty
1: to "I Spy," the double entendre of Australian intelligence.
0: Hi, I work in the wet department, mainly insertions.
1: Oh, I see what you did there. I really, I really see it. I can't unsee it, actually. Whoa, I really wish i had seen. Hello and welcome to "I Spy." My name is Michelle Stevenson. I'm here with David Callan, who is.
0: is he's, he's feeling blank? filthy now. I'm feeling. <laughs> Filthy now.
1: And he's also in his blanket fort, which means he's incredibly far away from me, which I'm kind of happy about considering the subject matter that we're discussing today.
0: We're talking honey traps, all right? And Now, now the interesting thing about honey traps are they're as old as intelligence is. And, I mean, there's the classic comment that intelligence is the second oldest profession in the world and, you know, prostitution is the oldest profession in the world. So when you consider that they're so close together, it's hardly surprising that they come together now and then. Again, pardon the pun. This episode is going to have so many bad puns, this one. So now, many
1: double entendres. I can't even – I'm so excited.
0: Double, oh, yes, double entendre to the max. Now, a honey trap is an operation where an agent enters into a romantic or sexual liaison with the target with the aim to leverage that relationship to coerce the target to disclose classified material. Sounds pretty simple. Yep. And look, interestingly enough, just recently, the MI5 released a report to literally hundreds of British corporations warning them that the Chinese were going to be trying to use honey traps to get financial information out of them. And the Indian intelligence and military services have discovered that the guys are absolutely rife with it. Mm. It's going through It's going through them like the clap. The Indians made a really big prop mistake because when they recruit their intelligence officers and their military officers, they put them through a stringent psychological process. But for their underlings, so like the people like me that worked for ASIO and mm. for your non-commissioned officers and your, as they call them over there, the Sepoys right? They weren't put through quite the most stringent psychological testing, well, I was for ASIO, but they weren't over there. And because of that, none of them were prepared when a pretty Pakistani intelligence officer started flirting with them and getting them on the game, right? So the Indians are now having, you know, terribly sorry, but you can't be sleeping with that girl over there because she could be big trouble, right? So what they're doing is they've now sort of like, they've got to completely rejig their recruitment for their intelligence and for the military. So it's an important thing. But I thought we should look at some of the classics. Would yeah, like at-
1: I also want to break down... At what point does the Me Too movement affect the honey trap? Because I feel like it's got Weinstein written all over it.
0: (laughs) Well, I mean, here's the interesting thing. The Americans, of all of the intelligence services, the Americans are most resistant to using honey traps. Yes, because
1: American companies are really, really stringent on relationships within the workspace. They don't like it.
0: Well, not just that. They're really Americans are quite prudish, all right. It, it is kind of like a social thing. I mean, you can shoot a guy and blow up his car on television, but my God, don't show a pair of breasts. That's terrible.
1: Oh yeah, right? no, exactly. Especially if you're Janet Jackson and your nipple pops out. Oh my God, the world falls apart.
0: I did a I did a TV commercial where in the TV commercial, and it went worldwide. This huge TV commercial for LG televisions. And at one point, I'm sitting there. I'm a dad sitting there. He's got the house to himself. He's watching a rock concert on his brand new flat screen TV they were the rage at the time right so he's sitting there looking at this tv and there's a girl at the concert sitting on a, the shoulders of a guy and she sort of like standing there chanting and he's like looking at her going oh you silly girl like this and then looks at a photo of his daughter him and his daughter together and she's wearing exactly the same t-shirt and then he realizes that's my daughter at the concert and then she rips her top off and throws it on stage oh the thing about that was They couldn't show it in America because it implied a girl taking her top off. Oh, no. So the Americans don't like using it. But what they're basically, the English are saying, watch out, the Chinese are going to start using it and using it very solidly. And there's a very, very, very famous case from China, but we'll get to that in the end. Because let's look at some of the classics, right? First and foremost, Matahari. We've spoken about Matahari.
1: Yes, we have.
0: Right, so exotic dancer from the Netherlands who was shot. In the end, she bared her breasts famously because there is no way the men would want to shoot those perfect breasts. Well, they did. Um, They did. They shot her in the head. Um, And only afterwards did the French say, look, we actually had no evidence to say that she was a honey trap, but we just wanted to scare anybody else who was thinking of doing it. So there was her, all right? The other one, it's Mordecai Venunu, our friend from Israel. He was basically drawn to Rome by a honey trap.
1: I love Mordecai.
0: Good old Mordecai Venunu. Now you know what his name is. Yep. Right. The other one, and this is really famous, was the Stasi in East Germany. Through the Russians, the Russians actually trained ballerinas to do this for a living, right, to go into... there and work as honey traps but a guy by the name of marcus wolf great name yeah hello my name is marcus wolf and i am a stasi officer right so basically he put together a gang of what he called romeo spies and he sent them over to west germany and they basically their job was to infiltrate the west german government and their allies by starting relationships with the women that worked in those organisations. So the secretaries, to the point where the Stasi had a honey trap working with the secretary of the Chancellor of, of West Germany, right? That's a pretty powerful position to hold, Yeah. right? Now, the whole thing was they... Basically got in there and like they had a woman working in NATO, in the NATO nuclear deployment section, who was in love with one of these guys. And, you know, they'd show up, they'd find this lonely woman who really didn't have a lot going on in her life and basically sweep her off her feet to the point where one woman who was shown, they showed her that this guy's an ex-Stasi or is a Stasi officer. And she turned Mm. around and went, no, impossible. He loves me. She was utterly convinced that this man loved her to the ends of the earth and would never do something like that to her, even though she did. Now, the interesting thing, he called them Romeos. In the Soviet Union, they're called Ravens and Robins or Ravens and Swallows. Again, pardon the pun. Right. Mm. So the interesting thing was how they worked out that they were Stasi officers, how the West Germans finally cracked the code. How? Do you want to know how they worked it out? I do. Haircuts. Haircuts.
1: Um, Haircuts. What, where, uh, on their heads or elsewhere?
0: Yes, yes. Okay. Yeah. No, it wasn't manscaping. Okay. The problem was the Stasi guys pretty much went to the same barber and they all had the same short you know, <laughs> back and sides with the buzz coat on top. So as they got off the train, the train guards would go, uh, that could be one over there. And, you know, the German intelligence services would go, thank you very much, we will follow him now. And they would follow them. And as soon as they did something even vaguely suspect, Picked up and dragged off to the cells for an interrogation. So that's how they basically cracked this ring wide
1: open. And here, and but it was here. I was thinking it was whether the carpets matched the drapes. You are
0: having the best time
1: with this I mean, one. We, we've got. We really need a little ding, ding, ding every time we do a punt, and I love it. <laughs> yeah.
0: I think you know what we should scull a drink every time we do it, and then just be absolutely levelled by the end. Actually,
1: actually now, we should the, do a drunk episode.
0: A drunk, yeah. Uh, the well, there is a lot of drinking in the intelligence world, so yes, we've got to okay, do done. that. Right, mark that. I'll write that down. I'll make a note. There you go. Right. So one of the things that was really interesting was. Marcus Wolfe, when it was finally revealed in his biography, said, it, it, no, we didn't organize this to happen. It wasn't a planned honey trap. And to quote him, they were sharp operators who realized that a lot can be done with sex. This is true in business and in espionage because it opens up channels, yes, he said that, of communication more quickly than other approaches.
1: How wet were the channels? <laughs>
0: God, this is—you know—this is definitely going to have to have a, you know, R rating on this <laughs> we, episode. We, now, we
1: recommend a hot shower afterwards. Scrub off.
0: Yes, yes, hot shower. Now, you know, wire brush and detol for those that are really stringent. <laughs> Bottom line, he said this: I was running an intelligence service, not a lonely hearts club. Oh, right. The thing was, it was an incredibly potent way of getting information out of a massive number of people. Now, there is is one other one that I really want to talk about, which is really, really, it's like you've got, Things like the Profumo affair, which blew England wide open. British Parliament was ripped apart because this 60s good-time girl was sleeping with a a minister that was also helping the Germans place cruise missiles or Americans place cruise missiles in Germany. And she was also supposedly sleeping with the Russian diplomat as well. But I mean, that's the classic example was, as someone said, when you met Christine Keeler, this girl, the good-time girl, Nah, she really wasn't bright enough to be a spy. But there was a really interesting one involving a journalist of all people.
1: I mean, journalists would make great spies. Well, no, he wasn't the great oh.
0: spy. He was actually the one that was honey trapped, which is unusual. Right. So this guy, Jeremy Wolfenden, he was the Daily Telegraph correspondent to Moscow in the early 60s, and he was gay. All right. Homosexuality at that point, And that was one of the interesting things about honey traps in the 50s and 60s. They were really potent with British diplomats, funnily enough. For British people because a lot of them were gay but you didn't talk about it. It was it was a crime. Being homosexual was a crime at the time. Yeah. So a lot of people wouldn't admit to it. So basically what happened was the KGB arranged for him to have an affair with the barber of the Minister of Foreign Trade. I don't know why that's important but it was the barber he had an affair with. Because the ha- While hairdressers
1: was, are gay? I mean, is that why?
0: I don't know. It could be that. I mean, hairdressers seem to feature heavily in honey traps. But – What happened was while he was sleeping with the barber, the KGB popped out of a closet, took photos and went, you now work for us. All right, buddy, you're now going to keep tracks on all the Western diplomats and everybody in Moscow that we want you to watch because you're a journalist and you've got access.
1: What year was this?
0: 60s, early 60s, around about 1960, 61.
1: Yeah, it's it's an odd one, isn't it? Wouldn't you just like go, I've been caught out.
0: Now, here's the interesting thing. He did exactly that. He went to the local SIS, which is MI6, went to the local SIS station chief and said, I've just been compromised by the KGB. What are we going to do? And MI6 turned around to him and went, you're going to keep sleeping with the barber and you're going to start passing information that we give you to the Russians. Brilliant. Yeah, seems brilliant. But the thing is, it created a lot of stress in this guy's life to the point where he finally got posted to Washington and thought, thank God that's over. And when he arrived there, who followed him into Washington but the same MI6 guy that was handling him in Moscow and said, back to work, you're going to do the same thing here in Moscow? Until it got to the point where he drank himself to death. Oh. Yeah, he drank himself to death. And the interesting thing was nobody got anything out of it. The Russians weren't getting information because they were being fed false information. And the English got nothing out of it as well because the Russians didn't trust him because he was a honey trap. So the whole thing was it was one of those ones that was really, really ugly, really, really sad. But that's the thing about a honey trap. If I was going to honey trap someone, I wouldn't go after you.
1: No, because that just wouldn't make sense. (laughs) It wouldn't
0: make sense. One, you're married. Two, you'd take one look at me, as you do every time you do look at me, and you'd laugh your ass off. (laughs) I would be
1: like, what are you doing? It's just awkward.
0: (laughs) But three, you don't fit the psychological profile. No. You don't fit the idea of somebody who's- Either isolated or lonely—that's what you're really looking for. And they exist very much so in intelligence organisations and the military. We all have people that you know live very quiet and secluded lives, and they're the ones you target. It was James Patterson, the uh, senator James Patterson, who was that was the head of the intelligence committee, who turned around and said, you know, if you're getting approached on social media by a ten and you're a six. It's probably a problem and it is a problem. It's it's becoming a big feature. The Indian report basically said that these guys, like the people setting up honey traps, are getting so good at it now, you don't actually ever meet the honey trap.
1: Well, but also it and we've spoken about this before it is probably becoming more prevalent because of things like Tinder and social media. You could literally be set up and catfished and not even have had sex or met anyone.
0: That's a very, very important point. And this is what this – there's another report that's come out of the US that has basically said that the really – interesting thing about honey trapping now is it's almost non-contact honey trapping. It's all done online. You create these personas, these profiles that are so attractive to these poor lonely people that they will start these relationships. But interestingly enough, even though there's no contact, there is still that compromisable sort of portion of their life. It's a very strange way of looking at it. I think the interesting point they did is they went through a whole bunch of people that were approaching military officers online to see what was going on and they took the photo and reverse searched the image that was used as the profile photo and they almost all turned out to be Russian models, Yeah, right? They were all stock images. So the whole thing is, this is the big thing with honey trapping now is it's literally gone virtual, which I I think is sad.
1: But also, you know, at the moment we've seen a great influx in people getting scammed as well, particularly online. It's it's Mm -hmm. a similar scenario where people are getting catfished and they believe that they're in. some kind of relationship when they're not, and they will hand, they will give them money. But you know, in the other world, in our mm-hmm. security world, they're handing over secrets. So it, it's a form of, it's a scam. It's a form of catfishing. It makes absolute sense because we're all digital and online, and people are feeling a little more lonely. I reckon more spies need to get out and meet people.
0: Well, the interesting thing about that is the spies that I hung out with, there weren't a lot of lonely guys living in basements. They were exceptionally. Oh, sure. Right, right. But if you go back to our little bite-sized episode, I think it was from last week about you know how not to get recruited at a cocktail party. <laughs> yeah. The interesting thing is with intelligence officers, it's different, and also honey trapping doesn't happen so much at home. Yeah. Right. It's a very difficult thing to pull off domestically. It's very easy to pull it off when someone is overseas. You're new to the embassy. You don't know anyone. You're a bit awkward. You don't know what's going on. You go to a cocktail party, someone approaches you, maybe a pretty secretary from another embassy. And then suddenly you're in a relationship with somebody and that starts to pull you out into the honey trap. I mean, for me, the interesting moment was when, you know, I had that little fling with the CIA station chief secretary. And when I told work, they went, no, 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 it's fine. Keep going. Where I would have expected them to go, no, back away. Just find a reason to end it. Is it. Are you in love? Not really. Then don't go any further. Yep. They basically went, whatever, keep going. It's no problem for us. If you hear anything, which is like, yeah, right, she's going to tell me. I mean, the classic example, and it comes from the Christine Keeler thing, when Ivanov, the Russian diplomat involved in the Profumo affair, when he was asked about it, he had a great quote. It is ludicrous to think that Christine Keeler could have been said to John Profumo in bed one night, oh, by the way, darling, when are the cruise missiles going to arrive in Germany? Right? Yeah. Good point. Only thing is, if she turned around to Profumo and said, when are you going to Germany again? And he says, oh, darling, I'm going in the next few weeks, right? That is intelligence that the KGB can work on because immediately they say, right, Profumo's going to Germany. Okay, we now know that he's over there for official meetings. We can start putting a tail on him or track him or do whatever they do, right? So this was the thing, is pillow talk while it may seem innocuous, can be exceptionally dangerous because it can just give like little bits and pieces. As we've said, you know, the whole idea of intelligence is it's a jigsaw puzzle and little pieces help create the big picture. Now, there is one very famous, though not a lot of people know about it, but it is very, in the industry at least, it's an exceptionally famous honey trap of a male opera singer who had a 20-year relationship with a male French diplomat, including having a child. What? And getting married. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're going to love this. Okay. All right. Oh, this my God. Is- you've
1: hooked me already.
0: I oh, know. You're totally you're, – you're absolutely locked in. We are looking at – and uh, you got to feel sorry for these guys. You really do. It's pretty sad. All right. This is the story of Chupé <laughs> <je pay> Pou. <laughs> Say it to you, with you. Seriously, that is the name. Okay. Chupé Pou. Chupé Pou. Right. She – she, well actually he was an opera singer in Beijing who had one of the most intricate and inexplicable honey traps in intelligence history. Shu met Bernard Bursicot. Now, Bernard Bursico was a an accountant. Who worked in the newly opened French embassy to Beijing. Right? right. Everyone had only just started with their diplomatic relationships after this in the 70s, after Nixon had gone to China. Everyone started opening embassies. Now, there was a famous play called M Butterfly on yep. Broadway, which is about this story. What well, part of the story? It doesn't reveal all of it. But in it, Bouriscourt is regarded as this high-level diplomat. He wasn't. He was a dropout who basically managed to get a job in the foreign services in France and was sent over to Beijing. Now, he'd never been with a woman before, right? had Paul Bernard. Bernard had never been with a woman. He'd only slept with schoolmates at his all-boys school. So basically, he decided when he got to China, I'm going to get a woman. And then he met this very nice young chap who was guiding him around Beijing and teaching him the ways of Mao. And so he learned basically what it was like to live in China. And then the guy turned around and said, look, I've got a confession to make. I'm actually a woman. Uh, I've had to pretend I'm a man because if my mother didn't give birth to a son, my father was going to divorce her and take a third wife. So I'm just pretending to be a woman, would you like to go out with me? And they started going out together. And they slept together. Now, this was the big mystery. (laughs) How did they do it? You're just looking at me through your camera like going, is this for real? This is totally for real. I'm
1: so confused. So, she was a man who had convinced him that she was really a woman but was a man. So, then how- I mean, there is something I want to say here, but I think it might push our rating into the X rating.
0: Yeah. Okay. No. 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 It wasn't like that. Okay. No. 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 The thing was, she said to Bernard, "I'm very shy," so they always made love when the lights were out and very quickly. (laughs) <laughs>
1: yes, but like where Where did they make love? How, like how, sure, where did it go?
0: Sh <laughs> sure had a trick of tucking his penis into his scrotum and then squeezing his thighs together very tightly. So basically, remember Bernard had never been with a woman before. Um, oh my God. So basically it was very quick, very perfunctory, as even Burrisco said himself, it was very, very perfunctory. It was very quick. Right, I thought that's what it was until he started seeing real women when he got back to France. The thing was he kept the, maintained this relationship while he was back in France and he was also passing secrets to sure mm. to maintain the relationship. Right? So the Chinese were taking intelligence from him. Nothing important. He never betrayed France, funnily enough. He never gave away French intelligence. He just gave away second-hand intelligence, like reports from the Americans, Report like reports yep. from the Americans on what they were doing in Vietnam, stuff like that. Basically what they said was they got junk from him. But they kept it going in case they got something different. Then when he came back to China, he went over back to France and then went back to China, actually went to Mongolia, was in um, Ulaanbaatar and met up with Shur again and said, you know, I'm back, honey. And by the way, this four-year-old boy is your son. What? Right. Yes. So basically basically said the last time after we made love, I fell pregnant, and it's been four years. Here's your four-year-old son, who was actually an orphan he'd taken from Uyghur orphanage because the Uyghurs look slightly more European. So it basically made Bernard go, Mon Dieu, I have a son. Oh, happy days. Right? So he's yep. got this son still with the program. Yes. Because it gets it's not over yet. This is this, so is, again, this is
1: catfishing. At the extreme. Like this is working very hard to make the conviction.
0: Oh, no, 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 no. It's it's not over yet. So while he is in Mongolia, he's still passing secrets to the Chinese, right? And then he goes back to Paris, realises I can't be without my woman and my son. Mm. So he has them brought over to Paris in a, the early 80s it was. I think they got there. By 1983, all has been revealed. Both of them get arrested. It was in court. In court, while they were being convicted, that Bernard found out that Sher was a guy. Wow. Yeah. Now, basically, what was very interesting was both of their convictions, they served no time. It was literally like, let's just brush this under the carpet. One, I think it was out of sort of pity- for Bernard, I was gonna say but it's, also, it's
1: very, very sad. Like, he's very sad, that man.
0: I also think it was basically the French intelligence service going, There is nowhere the rest of the world can know that a Frenchman did this, right? I really believe mm-hmm. that that was probably part of it
1: 100%. But- because the French are known to be amazing lovers, so if uh,
0: they're okay, <laughs> all the Frenchmen I have slept with, what's pretending to be a woman, are okay. They're very quick in the
1: dark. <laughs> is, that, so, uh, is, is that a breadstick or are you just happy to see me?
0: <laughs> oh, baguette. Right. So the whole thing was, right, Shirt died in 2009. When Bernard was told, he basically said, well, she lived a lie her entire life or he lived a lie. See, even I can't get it now. No. Uh, he lived a lie his entire life. He lived to me. I'm not going to keep playing this game by saying I'm, I have any regrets or I loved her. Uh, broke my heart, destroyed my reputation, ruined my life, good rinse to bad rubbish, the game is over, and I am finally free, mm. right? Which is an exceptionally sad way to end a tale of, of great love and passion and incredibly awkward sex, right? <laughs>
1: incredibly awkward. I feel so bad for that man.
0: Oh, mate. It, look, honest to God, the whole thing of like when you're someone like a journalist in Moscow and the KGB pop out of a cupboard with a camera, yeah, okay, yes. Okay, you got me busted. Right. When all those sort of things with profumo and Christine Keeler ruined his political career. His wife forgave him, but it destroyed him professionally, right? Terrible, awful. But my God, to live twenty years thinking that this beautiful person you met in China Mm. was a beautiful woman who had brought you a son only to find out at the very end, at the very end that oh my God, I've been sleeping with a guy all this time.
1: That is a it is a tragedy. It's a tragedy. got to
0: break your heart. But it just goes to show that people are exceptionally gullible. 100%. And that's why honey traps work. They still work. I mean, we talk about it all the time and we go, how can anyone be so stupid as to fall for that trap? But they do. All right? They do. In business, it happens in business. It happens. But in intelligence, that's where it gets really dangerous.
1: Yep. And, and- I've, I've seen it happen even with- my friends. Really? Yeah, just getting ghosted. I mean, just- I mean this, is, this is online dating. You're just explaining online dating. The people are not presenting themselves as truthfully as, and as honestly as they could be.
0: Yeah. I mean, to be honest, I, as I've said before, I met my wife when she tried to throw an ashtray at me. I've never used a dating app in my life simply because they didn't exist while I was doing that sort of thing. But Interesting point, and it comes back to Marcus Wolf, And I think this is a great way to finish it. Everyone, if you work in intelligence, if you work in any area that's sensitive, really take a bit of time to you know, just think about the person that's coming onto you. As long as there is espionage, there will always be Romeos seducing the unexpected with access to secrets. That's basically it. As long as there as long as there's sex and as long as there's secrets, there are going to be people using one to get the
1: other. 100%. All the secrets yep. to get the sex. I mean that works as well, right? Uh, uh,
0: no, it ha- hasn't worked for me at all.
1: No. I don't think much works for you, mate.
0: No. No, not anymore.